Clustered conversations. Clustered conversations. By Weka. Hi, and welcome to Clustered Conversations. I'm Bob Back. And I'm Josh Hampton. And we're two of the SEs here at Weka. So you may be asking yourselves, what is Weka? Well, Josh, what's your idea? What is Weka? What can we tell? What them? is Weka? Pretty sure Weka is a little bird in New Zealand, isn't it? A little tiny thing. It's kind of annoying. It is, but you know, it keeps both feet on the ground, so it's uh, it survives well and and runs and is always available, which is like... what we are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess uh, the best way to explain what Weka is, you know, is we're a file system. We're a, a modern file system built on modern hardware and technology, right? So we take advantage of the flash technology out there, the memory, the new CPUs, networking. What else we do? Well, we're more than just a simple file system. We are more of a data platform even as we kind of move forward into the future, as we offer sort of different paradigms and different different ways to access data in in methods that were previously unheard of at speeds that were previously impossible. Right. I mean, we, we support POSIX, which is a simple way, right? That's using our agent. We can get up to, on a 100-gig network, 11 gigabytes a second to each client up until we hit the aggregate throughput of the cluster. Or right. on a 200-gigabit system, we get to 22 gigabytes a second. And then if you throw in crazy things like GPU Direct, which do RDMA straight mm -hmm. to the GPU memory, we can get to the hundreds of gigabytes a system or millions of IOPS, right? Absolutely. It makes it a lot of fun. Um, what are the protocols we're working with? Well, we also work with NFS, uh, SMB. We have a S3 as well. And we have got a, a great CSI plugin that ties directly into the back end of the POSIX uh, driver and does really a lot of excellent, excellent integration for your Kubernetes and K8s workflows. A lot of customers do uh, high-performance compute and, and big data using NFS. And for us, NFS is our slowest protocol. And it's really kind is. of a, it, it throws people for a loop. So we yeah. can get to gigabytes a second of throughput with NFS, but it doesn't ever get close to the IOPS or the throughput we can get with our POSIX. No, and usually it, what I've seen is it's about at least or at most one quarter and, and latencies are significantly higher as well. I mean, our, our latencies on POSIX with PCI Gen 4 gear, what, down to 70, 90 millisecond, right? 100, 120 milliseconds, sorry, mil micro. I always do that, milliseconds, <laughs> not milliseconds. I always have to change my, the way, the, the number of zeros I'm thinking about with Weka, which is kind of fun. Microsecond, 70 to 90 microsecond writes, 100 to 120 microsecond reads. It's, it's latencies that you would typically reserve for like local storage. Right, and so uh, the the two words that are difficult for me to say sometimes are microseconds because they came from the file services world and milliseconds was fast for us. Exactly. Right? And then I have to say gigabytes a second when I'm used to saying gigabits, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, you, you have to kind of change your, your context. So anything we're saying gigabytes per second, we're actually saying gigabytes per second. And will be. the one that freaks people out the most is I think our second fastest protocol is SMB, right? Yeah. We, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we can drive throughput through SMB that's uh, ridiculously high. I've got customers that are able to get to 7 to 10 gigabytes a second using multi-channel to a single client, mm -hmm. right? Which uh, yeah. is it's great in the media entertainment world workflows. Yeah, I was, I was about to mention that. I remember seeing those uh, those frame test benchmarks that you had run with a, a certain customer there in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, seeing, seeing 10 and change gigabyte per second to a Windows client running, right. running SMB, that's... Amazing. So we we uh, will serve you data. What's nice about this, I think that that's we don't mention enough is that it's the same data whether it's coming through NFS, SMB, S3, or our POSIX client. So you can read and write using whichever combination you want. Absolutely. So, yeah, all the data, all the time. So uh, let's see. Uh, it's a good file system. 
It's got a cool protocols. It must be hard to install. You would think. One would assume. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at other kind of clustered file systems, and especially in the high performance space, things like you know Luster, GPFS, BGFS, Cluster, etc. And yeah, I mean, you need you need big teams of people to run those things. I mean, I used to ad, admin some pretty big GPFS clusters over at a, a biotech I used to work at, and um, yeah, those were. I mean, I remember even getting IBM to help install, like because we, we needed their help to install. The, yeah. the the cluster and the file system there and yeah it was they so so many config files so many nsds <laughs> so many configs and like oh which nomenclature am i using and is all of my syntax correct and let's hope and pray that the first time i do this it works and, and of course it never does it's always <laughs> the second third probably more like fifth time you actually try and reinstall it that that's when you finally get it just right and that's when it works and please yeah. whatever you do don't touch it from there well, when I came to Weka, I came here with uh, 10 years of management experience at another file system company, right? So I'd spend most of my time not being on a keyboard. So I came in here as an individual contributor, helping install things and configuring POCs and doing testing. And within the first week, I was installing Weka on my own again, right? It, using, especially in the cloud. In the cloud, we make it really easy with the cloud formation oh, yeah. script. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it just goes out there. It, it requests the resources, provisions them out, installs it, configures it, and you're ready to go from the moment about, what do you say, 15 minutes to 30 minutes, depending on the size of the cluster you're trying to build. Yeah, size of the cluster and kind of the speed that your hyperscaler feels like going at that day. That's the, true. The, down, the download of the code is realistically the longest part. Right. So once yeah. it's ready to go, you're able to store data in the cloud. That was the, the, that was a really easy one. That's the easiest button. And then when I learned to install it on site, the hardest thing I had to do was configure the network. Right, getting it's networking. Always network. <laughs> it's always a network. Always. So getting networking set up, getting the switch set up, getting the IP addresses set up, getting the jumbo frame set up. And then I installed Weka. I was like, that's it? I mean, it, yeah. it really was install.sh and then a set of scripts to say, here, here's the host of the cluster. Here's the drives I want to use. Here's the file, uh, the network cards I want to use. And there's a cluster. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I've gotten to the point where even in, you know, hyperscaler sort of situations where I've got, you know, hundreds of clients that I'm building out. I can I can build that cluster from a single shell script in five minutes. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then rebuild it in five minutes. Well, yes. you and I yeah. you and I built that for the customer where they could uh, take the cluster uh, in Amazon. What happens since the drives that we use are NVMe? They're in ephemeral, so every time they yep. shut down the cluster, the drives disappear. So we wrote a script so that the customer can back up their data to S3, have a snapshot copy up in S3, tear down the cluster completely, rebuild it on Monday. And run this script, and it'll re it'll pull the data out of the, uh, the S3 bucket, rehydrate it onto the uh, the NVMe, and they're running like nothing ever happened Friday. Yeah, yeah well, and realistically, the best part about that rehydration is that it's only only rehydrates on read. Right. So if you if you had uploaded data, if you had snapshotted that data up there, and you never touch it again, it'll happily stay up there an object forever. Or you can and actually force it to come back to touch it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you know you're going to have workload. a big workload coming in and you, you don't want to wait for that time to first bite from the object store, yeah, absolutely hit that hit that re, uh, that recall. Well, I know a lot of file servers are trying to go to the cloud. The nice thing, you know, that, that was nice coming in here is we were cloud native, right? Developed in the cloud. Same software, exactly the same binaries, whether yeah. I'm running in the cloud or on site. And you and I run in three clouds now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Soon, to be, uh, soon to be more. Yeah. <laughs> soon to be all of them. We tested them up. We got them up and running. They're, they work just fine. All right. And it's the exact same code. We don't change it. And that's on site as well. Like if I install on one of our OEM platforms or mm -hmm. a white box that a customer happens to have, it's the exact yeah. same code. Right. Yeah. It's that's nice. actually one of the fun things for me about doing sort of POCs and, and just testing out the system. If the customer happens to have 
some servers laying around that they're not using, so long as they have an NVMe in them and yeah. a, a network card that's you know suitable to the task, more than happy to install on that and show you what kind of performance you can get from a system that is entirely not optimized to be running as a storage solution, but will still beat out performance-wise a lot of a lot of competitors out there. Like oh. have a lot of very big eyes from customers when they run some some benchmarks on on us versus on their legacy storage and they wonder like wait wait hold on this was like the gear you, you let me network cards to use so i could get this to work and why is this faster than my like huge existing <laughs> nas cluster it's like well it's it's kind of how we are it's great well, one of my customers that when i first got here they were testing bgfs and they bought a, a 20 node cluster for them and they had 10 of them with uh storage class memory to run a metadata or a couple of them to run storage class memory to run metadata on. And so they gave us 10 of them and they kept 10 and reload BGFS on it. And we ran the IO 500 across both of them. And they called me in uh, a week later and asked us to explain why we were cheating. Because <laughs> <laughs> we we're 30 times faster on the, on the hard right portion of the IO 500 test. And I said, you know, I, I said, I, I can't tell you. Well, let me bring Shimon and explain to you how this exactly works. And now Shimon is our CTO. And he came in and had that conversation with them. And, and uh, they now they run a 20-node cluster in one site and a 10-node cluster in another site of Wacker. There we go. Right? Perfect. It just yeah. works. It uh, does. So, we, you know, we've kind of talked about the flexibility, right? We can run the, the cloud. We can run on-site. We can run, mm -hmm. run Converge, however the customer wants to run it, right? Whatever... Your infrastructure requires we can make a run in and we've got every one of those the the multiple colors of the rainbow of of weka running all over the place yeah um but so and then you know i, I think one of your my favorite demos is you do is with the object store where you trick the customer right oh my little prestige moment yes that is that is a fun <laughs> one to do yeah that is fun it requires just a little bit of prep but man when you get it right yep you it's know, good so you know why don't you go through the story of how that works Oh yeah, totally. So, <laughs> so had a request to do a demo in in Amazon, and um, the they specifically wanted to see the customer wanted to see what performance looked like on to our backend to our backend object store. So we can tier data from the Flash tier to S3 object, and conveniently in Amazon they happen to have a fairly substantial S3 objects here that you can tap into. So the way that I did this was. When we typically do a demo, we'll use uh, you know, a little demo tool or benchmarking tool that we call Weka Tester. And essentially what it is, it's a, a wrapper on FIO, really just makes life really easy to, to show performance on reads and writes at different sizes and latencies and et cetera, just by running a single command. So I, I ran the test once on, on one meg reads and that created the test files for me. I then told Weka to go ahead and hey, purge that data to, to S3 and and get it off of the flash. I then remounted my clients with an option called object direct, where it will not touch the flash tier. It will not recall data from object to flash and keep it there. It will only do cold reads from the object tier. So I had, you know, two, three, maybe it was four clients that were working in there. And I just had them running on a loop doing that one meg read from object only. And I wasn't even using prefetch. Mm -hmm. So I was guaranteeing to myself that I knew that all of these reads were definitely only ever coming from, from the objects tier. 
so you know, running through the standard demo, I show all the functions and features and talk about how you can manage the cluster and admin the cluster. And one of the nice things about our UI is that right on the front page, the first thing you see is the performance of the cluster, performance right. and health of the cluster. It's right there on the left side. You see your reads and writes, operations, you see your speeds, you see your latencies. So they were seeing, you know, some number of gigabytes per second. I think it was doing like two or three gigabyte per second <laughs> on reads and just kept sitting there doing two or three gigabyte per second on reads. And, you know, nobody would typically think much of that. Oh, it's a cluster up in the cloud, it, you know, a couple of gigabytes per second. That seems pretty reasonable for what cloud-based storage should be able to do. Right. So, you know, going through and going through and get to the point where I'm about to start talking about tiering and the object stores and how you configure it. And I say, well, you know, okay, so here's how you do your object stores and you would add one here and blah, 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 blah. Just, you know, the quick administrava of how do you actually make this work? And then the question of, you know, pose the question of, well, what kind of performance can you see when you're say reading data that's been tiered off to the S3? I click back to system overview that brings you right back to that first login page and go, well, the performance you've been seeing here this entire time has been cold reads from S3. Mm -hmm. Everything you've been seeing has been reading from S3. Nothing has been from the flash tier. <laughs> And pause the moment. And at that time, that's not the best part of the story, though. The mm -hmm. best part is I do that. And apparently there's a reaction in the room. I don't know this because <laughs> at that exact moment, Zoom decided to crash on my laptop and dump me out. <laughs> so I completely missed the reaction. <laughs> and, and they're now a happy customer as well. So <laughs> it, it really is kind of fun. I mean, you know, when I came here, I actually didn't believe what I saw because it was so out of the ordinary of, of what I've been used to. I've been working in storage since the 90s and file systems between Veritas and Net, NetApp, right? Lots and lots of file systems. And to see something here that did this kind of performance in the way that it did it was just unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and how easy it is to manage, right? That's the, that's the other part that really kind of blows me away. That's that's what sold me on it. That's what that's what really got me over here was was both the like the, it does actually deliver on what it promises. Yeah. And and just the the possibilities behind it. Like what yeah. can you do with this? How 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 easy it is to use. I mean, I come from a background like you in storage. I, mean, I, I was a field engineer, became a, a like storage admin for four and a half five years, doing you know huge parallel clusters in like GPFS and Isilon and NetApp and 3PAR and VNX and some and some like symmetrics and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, then went and got scalped out of that to start as an SE um, in the in Dell's UDS groups, Isilon, ECS, whatever. And in working there and, you know, getting kind of up to speed. And then I hear about this Weka thing and get somebody reaches out to me, headhunter, like, hey, do you want to take a look at this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. At the time I was... I wasn't, I wasn't looking for a change. I was happy where I was. Um, but kind of the thing I do, and this is maybe good career advice for everybody, is never stop interviewing. Oh, heck yeah. Even, even, if, like, even if you have absolutely no intention of changing jobs, go on the interview just so you can keep your skills up. Yeah. So you know how to sort of be you know, free-flowing and talk to everybody and talk about yourself a little bit, which is sometimes easy and sometimes hard to do because sometimes you feel like you got to self-censor on, well, what I talk about the career, what not, blah, 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 blah. But you get, it's a skill that you have to develop and work on, right? Yeah, absolutely. So learn about Weka and see how it works. And I go like, hold on a second. This is, this is actually really, really interesting. And that's, that's what got me hooked was, was the ease of use and, and watching it just come up and work and run and deliver levels of performance that you would just not expect to see. 
so those two things kind of blew me away working here. The first one was the ease of installation, right? And I also didn't believe that worked the way that it did because none of it made sense from my file system background. The other one is I worked with NetBackup for years and one of the biggest complaints there was the agent, right? Every time that you had a new version, you had to update the agent and all the clients. And I and once I heard that we had an agent, I started getting that, the hives and the, uh, you know, getting all worked up. Uh, and then they explained to me how they update agents. And I was I was shocked. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. brilliant, right? Yeah. The, the idea is, I mount the file system. The file system queries the cluster and says, hey, do I have the latest agent? I don't. Can you give it to me, please? And so it updates every time it mounts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like such a vast, like just a massive difference from from other parallel files that have agents where yeah. getting, got to make sure you have the right version of agent, the right patch level of the agent. You got to make sure that you didn't accidentally click on the wrong architecture for the agent even if you downloaded the right version and then like get all that installed and then you got to make sure you actually do the uh, proper installation itself correctly right otherwise it's just not going to work and then sometimes you do the installation but you skipped a step or missed a step and oh gosh you realize that the client was still attached to that cluster but now it just did something funky and because a lot of those other parallel file systems the clients themselves become an integral part of yeah. the cluster when that client has a problem, the whole cluster has a problem. And that's never fun in an upgrade no. situation. The last thing you want, and I had this happen to me during upgrades, sitting there, going through step by step by step, watching the upgrade happen. And okay, let's let's hit go on this command that's gonna upgrade the code on like one of the backend systems. And the whole thing pauses. And you go like, okay, I'm expecting a bit of a pause. It's changing versions over, this is normal. Half an hour later, it's still paused, going like, this is uh, taking a bit longer than it should. <laughs> this is not, uh, something's wrong here. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we became kind of, uh, what's it called? Um, um, complacent or kind of like, uh, we've been, complacent. no, not complacent. Uh, we've been, what's it called when you give your kids too much stuff? Uh, spoiled. Yes. We've been spoiled here in that the clusters uh, are, are able to upgrade so easily, right? I, I actually yeah. sit there and stare at it and it takes like two minutes to upgrade. And there's this 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 pause where I'm waiting for the the container to switch over, and I start getting anxiety after 30 seconds because I'm like it's not done. And then at 35 so seconds it? it starts going, and I'm like, oh thank God. But oh, it's like oh. you know, I expect yeah. it. I yes. expect it because uh, I'm so used to everything being so instantaneous of the product that you know that that mm -hmm. little 30 second pause freaks me out. But it's a uh, right, right. It's, no, it's it, in the same way. Yeah, yeah totally. But it the same works. Way. Yeah, it's, so. it's just an amazing kind of switch over in the way you think and how how you think about even even basic admin tasks, like it's just yep. straightforward. Well, I know you and I are both guilty of this. We're like, we're only getting 106 gigabytes a second. I mean, come There's on. There's something we can... wrong. Yeah. There's something wrong. We gotta be able to do better this, come on. I'm not, I'm not recommending the solution. It's only 106 per, for a client, come on. Yeah. Exactly, so. yeah, it's, oh man. The yeah. the level of speed is, it's 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 just a, at another level. Yeah. And it, it completely changes what you consider a baseline right. of what of what good performance is. Yep. And one of these days we'll talk about the encryption piece because I just learned a little more about that and it's like it blew me away. So that, yeah, that, that, that the encryption part could probably be an entire episode to itself. Yeah. So I can't imagine people want to listen to us much longer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save some more for later for we'll sure. Say, and we're going to have some uh, more interviews with people. We'll bring some of the other guys at, at Weka that we enjoy working with that can give us mm -hmm. more insight into the product and how it works and where it came from and where it's going. So uh, this is just our chance to kind of say hi, introduce you guys to yeah. us. So uh, that for Weka, I'm Bob. I'm Josh. 
So have a wonderful day. Thanks for coming to our clustered conversation. Thanks, everybody. Take care.